Welcome to the CobraCast with the present VP. For this episode, we would like to thank these valued partners. Is your scratched window ruining your view? Starting from scratch to your experts at removing scratches from windows and any glass surface. Whether it's general scratches around the home or a knife graffiti tag shop front, they can remove it. They're also helping the environment by saving the window from being dumped into landfill while bringing the glass back to its former glory without the scratches. Don't replace your scratched window. Repair it with Starting From Scratch, your glass and scratch removal specialist for home, shop fronts and cars. Call today for a quote, 87595629 or find out more at startingfromscratch.com.au. All right, welcome to the Cobra Cast with the present VP. Welcome to 2021, mate. I'm the host, Ricky Rifty, the Prez Logan. I got Ricky at Dog VP Etridge, and we're back. We're back for another year. Oh, how good does it feel, mate? Feels the same. Yeah. <laughs> same as 2020. That's the, that's the worst part. You know, usually all your Facebook's filled with everyone's New Year's resolutions and what they plan on doing. And, Everyone's just going, I know nothing's going to be better. So. Oh, so some people, though, some people, when I'm like, oh, I'd bring on 2021, it's like, well, I had a break here, but when it hits uh, midnight, the first of the first 2021, COVID's still here. America's still uh, having a bit of fun across there. Um, yeah, the world's not any better. Yeah. But the, the, the world's better now because we're back. Yeah, mate, we're back. We took our break. We needed it. We're refreshed. We're recharged. And I'll tell you what, where we are as much as you know things are the same in victoria at least we're looking all right we're looking like you know come end of january we'll be out there running around and not far off we'll be making arrangements to play our practice matches and games and shit not too far off that so yeah i'm looking forward to that mate hopefully uh yeah it's good to say that australia you know, for example brisbane at the moment um had that uh, one case of the uh uk Varian and going bang, let's get this shit locked down straight away. So hopefully that's um if it comes down here, we take that approach and we can just keep knocking on the head so we can get out and play in 40. But yeah, we're back to basketball. We're back to basketball before Christmas. We're uh, back uh tomorrow night. Um yeah, I'm 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 pumped. Yeah. I'm not gonna lie to you. As much as I do love doing this podcast with you and chatting to people around the world, it was quite nice for about three weeks just to I have to worry about anything. I sort of had it, you know, it already sort of lined, had this first one lined up. So just sort of feed up, no issues at all. And then, yeah, when uh, I was logging on to talk to you today, I was a bit like, geez, hope we've still got it. And I'm lying, mate, probably one of our better ones. Mate, it's like never, never yeah. skipped a beat, mate. It's just how it is. You know, we, we're, we're veterans now, 100, 100 episodes in. You know, we know what we're doing, mate. We're, yeah, you'd, you'd think so. <laughs> but mate, uh, episode 101 um, And what better way To start a new year With the newest team out of the USAFL Yeah mate There's the North Texas Devils Which I, I'm not going to lie I, I, like, I like the idea of a Devils team and, and you know The little connection they've got to a You know a, a Hopefully an eventual AFL team over there in Tassie Yeah, what I Um I read that information somewhere and I was actually a bit blown away. And then when James speaks about it in the, the podcast, I was actually blown away that, you know, that was, they thought about that and went and connected with them. And, you know, the fact that a, you know, a team that's trying to get the AFL at a team in North Texas, have, you know, have somehow formed a partnership. It, it's pretty incredible and quite um, forward thinking from James and the blokes, the people, the devils, the fact that they've managed to do that and reach out and not just go, okay, we're the devils, 
oh, yeah, we'll try and connect with them later down the track. Now, from the forefront, let's get it done. Yeah. Yeah, and it's like, you know, AFL clubs are over here that are already gone. There's, you know, they've got, you know, little ties to a lot of the, the US AFL teams that are going and Giants did a great job of uh, spreading their name out there and getting a lot, a lot of name, a lot of clubs to embrace the Giants all around the world. So, you know, it's great to see that they had that foresight to say, let's get involved with a, a new team that's about to try and get started. And I'll tell you what, I, I can't believe there's not a Tassie team going already, to be honest. Yeah, let's, uh, let's not, let's not, Get stuck into Ed Dog's Ranch too early in the year, mate, because <laughs> I could go on that for a few weeks. Because it's uh, it, it, it is quite baffling the fact that we've got a club, two clubs that uh, they put in, and their attendances are well. Before, besides, before twenty twenty, their attendances weren't exactly the greatest. And then oh, twenty twenty, they had nobody there. If I could, ah, uh, well, <laughs> team, I don't know, but that other the Gold Coast Suns had probably their highest day ever crowd ever. <laughs> oh yeah, yes. <laughs> but yeah, Breaking yeah, record numbers. Yeah, yeah, but let's not uh, let's not dive into that today, mate. It's a story for another day. But we got a returning guest. We've had, we've only had a couple of returning guests. I think you know, more like Jakey Norris and Matty Gale and Jamie Town, and I think are the only returning guests we've had. And now we've got another one. Yeah, well, and and returning in a different fashion, which mm. is you know a little bit different, is that he's he's gone from one club and he's. He's decided to help start up and, and be at the forefront of starting up another team in Texas, which is, um, you know, all part of us wanting to see the game grow. We love seeing new teams get up and about. So, um, mate, let's get into it. Mate, before we get into it, just uh, now, obviously at the moment you are seeing literally just, uh, we're not seeing us at all because it's an audio podcast now. And we've mentioned that you know, we're going to, a slight variant away from the club, but get the club at heart. But we've got a sponsor for the first ever CobraCast that's not a video and part of the club, mate. I don't think I told you, did I? No, mate. Oh, we've got a sponsor. You got, geez, little heads up next time. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. I almost forgot about it, mate. We've got a, the first ever sponsor, mate. Uh, Design S has jumped oh. on board as the official CobraCast sponsor. <laughs> Lovely. Um, so, uh, yeah, the so- wife... Uh, not the wife, sorry, some random person that yes. decided to oh, cut the club out. Uh, some was... design genius yes. just decided <laughs> that they'd get on board with us. Yep. <laughs> have, I'm sure people looked at us, you know, our uh, design stuff, you know, from the last couple of years and be like, geez, that is some fantastic stuff. And uh, a company that used to be Kelly Manley Photography and Design obviously needed a, a rebrand with the change of last names. And, uh, Design it one out, mate. So you need your wedding invitations, event invitations, custom wall art, business. You know, you need a bloody business card. Then banners behind you, mate. Yeah, she did it. She's done a great job. You mocked them up for us. And uh, she has. I'll tell you what, we've been some of the great designs of the the wedding invitations I've seen in the last couple of years have been fantastic. And there's a. There's another one coming out. Very, it's like a, it's like a, an album coming out. Yeah, she's got another one coming out soon <laughs> for an invite. But uh, yeah, she does a lot of work. Quite a few people. You, I know you at Jews and Stacey's wedding, and um, a lot of the stuff there was done by by her. So that's uh, Design Et. So D E S I G N space E T T. So it's like Design It, but Design It. And that when she told me, I'm like, yeah, it's, it's, it's pretty good. But um, she has been out in the studios working on my in my office setup so she's uh that's that's her payment that's what she's that's 
know, she's given us a lot, but uh, yeah, design it, mate. So get around it. Anything you need, I'm sure she can help you out. Yeah, mate. She's done a great job with lots already. So um, look out, go give it a like and share. And um, mate, if you if you got a wedding that was postponed in 2020 and it's going ahead 2021, and you need some new invites, just uh, hit up Design It. Maybe we'll, uh, we'll share the links in the description on Facebook and the, and the uh, social media pages. But um, yeah, we actually brushed over that. But we're we're audio only, besides some clips now. Yeah, mate. So. Audio only, so you, you don't get to see our lovely faces all the time. But, um, yeah, tune in on Spotify, Podbean, iTunes, all, all are locations. Gonna, are we on Amazon or something like that you're saying? Or? Oh, I think so. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We're, we're, wherever good podcasts are listened to, I guess. Yeah, no, wherever the best podcasts are listened to, I think you mean. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The best podcast hosted by two Ricky's talking about football. Based out of the sound. <laughs> <laughs> all right well, Mark, let's get into it so yeah this is uh james he's from the north texas devils previously from the dallas dingoes but enjoy this chat with him and uh we'll be back next week with caroline from the centennial tigers so enjoy this one and we'll catch you then all right today we'd like to welcome james henderson from the newly formed north texas devils and if you're saying oh this guy looks a bit familiar i've seen him before you you wouldn't be wrong because he has joined us before from uh, our chat with the dallas dingoes but he's now moved over and formed the north texas devils uh, so welcome james thanks for joining us thanks guys thanks for having me back ah uh, mate it's our pleasure we we love hearing about um all the clubs over in the US and especially the new ones starting up. Um, it's great to see more clubs joining the league. And um, so we're keen to learn about the, the, how you got the Texas Devils going, but before we do, let's just give everyone a refresher who might not have tuned in the first time you're on about how you sort of got involved with uh, Aussie rules over in the US in the first place. Yeah. Thanks mate. Um, so Aussie rules in the US, I, uh, I think it's a, a bit of a similar story you might have heard on a couple of the podcasts. Um, I moved to the US uh, a few years ago and, and like many people sort of didn't really know too many people. I first shifted to LA and then shifted across to Dallas. And uh, when my wife and I got here, we thought, what's a quick way to meet, you know, a whole bunch of people and, you know, what's some, something we can get involved in. So I Googled footy and US and AFL and all this sort of thing. And uh, I found the Dallas Dingo. So I reached out to, to them on social media and next minute I was down at you know one of the dingoes trainings um originally just wanted to get down there and run some water and you know help out around the club and uh end up getting a little more involved than than just helping out so um that's kind of how I got into it and really discovered footy over here yeah nice and so how long have you played footy for and sort of what positions have you played um if we're going back a, a good way, I think I started like a lot of Victorians when I was, you know, five or six in Little League um, and played at a few different clubs, both at local and high school and, and then after high school as well. Um, I can, you can tell I've been in America for a while, I'm calling it high school. <laughs> and um, I played uh, predominantly centre-half forward or in the rucks. I'm a, I'm a tall guy um, and sort of pinch hit as well in, in ruck rotations when I was in Sydney off the bench and, uh, and those three positions would rotate through, so... Few, few of the key positions there, but not fit enough to do them all day long. <laughs> uh, what number did you wear back in the day? Uh, usually wore, I, I, my preference was number six, um, depending on the club that I was at and what I was doing. Uh, also wore number five. 
Um, I used to row and, and play rugby. So I was a lock in rugby, which I was number five and, and I was fifth or sixth seat when I was rowing. So I always tried to carry those through through in uh, my footy crew. Yeah, nice. That's a different one. I don't, I went back and listened to the uh, the Dallas episode the other day just to make sure I... What did I say then? <laughs> no, you said that, but you didn't say five. You didn't mention about the... Uh... The rowing. rowing that was more the right right didn't yeah. mention that yeah no. No, no that was that was my two numbers playing depending on what club i was at yeah beautiful actually i think you mentioned the rugby either so we get him on for a second chat we're learning more things about him <laughs> so so i'm assuming you're, <laughs> you're a private school boy then i went to st kevin's yeah yeah <laughs> i'm pretty sure going doing rowing is just yeah. hand in hand mate. i've never seen they, a public school like go rowing yeah they didn't offer it at cranny high so <laughs> i was i was disappointed wasn't it cranny high? Well, mate, so, St. Kevin's uh, College has, you know, been the media for the last couple of years, probably not all, not all the right reasons, but um, has a pretty good AFL pedigree of guys coming through. So um, I actually ended up playing rugby in my final years of school, but we, uh, we had some some pretty good footy players who ended up playing AFL um, years above and below me, which was pretty cool to see them go on. Yeah, very nice. Uh, who do you follow in the AFL, mate? Uh, I'm, a, I'm a kangaroo supporter. Um I'll tell you, the support kind of wanes every now and then with the ruse, the way that they've been going. But I'm a, I'm a third generation kangaroo supporter. So my whole family's all part of it and still a member from overseas. They haven't given me much to support recently, though. And we'll see what happens next year with all the cuts they did. <laughs> uh, so, what have, you mentioned you played rugby predominantly while you're here. What, what rugby league team do you support? I'm not a league, mate. I, I uh, follow Union or followed Union. Um, and I played played at Powerhouse. I, I wouldn't really say I sort of followed it as much as I did just the national team, the Wallabies. Um, didn't really sort of get into the Super 14s or anything back then. But, um, you know, yeah, just sort of local rugby. That was about it. Just got some mates to pull me over. And I enjoyed playing it, not really following it on a domestic level. Oh, fair enough. All right. And so who's been your... Well, it's going to be obvious, isn't it? Favourite player of all time has to be... The has to be that it's not actually um my favorite player of all time was wayne swass i was a big big swatter fan i grew up you know in the 80s and 90s and i was there at 96 and 99 at the grand finals um and all those era players and and i was really fortunate to get in the rooms a few times and wayne swass was was always a guy that i liked his work ethic i liked his you know play around the ground and um, just, you know, he, he was a champ and met him a couple of times and he was always really nice to sign books and sign jerseys and fun stuff like that. Um, I don't know if Wayne Carey's going to listen to this, but Wayne Carey snubbed me about four times in the room. So uh, he, he went down on my list pretty quick, but enjoy watching his highlights. I'll say that. So, yeah, well, I always like that there's a little bit of, a, you know, a backstory to why you haven't rated someone uh, as your favorite player like because you know there wouldn't be too many kids that grew up watching uh the, the ruse and can't say wayne carey but when he when he snubbed you in the locker room a few times he starts moving down a few spots oh yeah you had yeah. to talk you had to talk to get to mate that's all that was yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, i'll give you guys a real quick funny story about back then i think it was 96 um i was actually gonna you know they had little league guys run out in the ground with the players and uh so my, my parents got it at some auction somewhere, some charity thing that I could run out with the players. So we turned up the game and um, I was 14 years old and I was already about six foot three or 14. So I got there and they refused to let me run out because I was taller than Anthony Rock and Wayne Swass and all those guys, but they would have thought I was an actual player or something. So my younger brother who had no interest in footy whatsoever got roped in and running out and ran out in the ground with tears in his eyes because he was, you know, 
scared little kid at about six <laughs> years of age, bawling his eyes out, getting pulled out by the players by the hands. So that was a good good memory. Yeah, something I, I've never had to, you know, as a kid getting mistaken for an AFL player and, and too big to go out, I, I'd, I'd still get roped in to go in with the Little League kids. Yeah, so. <laughs> Shave the beard and I'd fit right in. It always annoys yeah, me when yeah. you uh, take my joke from you, Riffy. <laughs> you get in before me. <laughs> exactly where I was going. Yeah. Well, mate, so last time we spoke to you, you were at the, the Dingoes, but you've now decided to go ahead and start up a new team in uh, Texas, the North, North Texas Devils. So sort of why and how did that all come about? Yeah, good question. Um, I, I think that there's been a few different reasons. One, one of the, the things that really highlighted a need for an additional club um, was actually COVID. And I think a lot of people would probably think the other way around about COVID, that things would wind down and die down. But um, we saw the success of, of some of the other clubs with recruitment through COVID um, and people getting fitness through footy and, and places like Denver adding on 50-odd players and things like that. Um, in addition to the fact that, you know, teams couldn't play each other. So footy essentially shut down. And so I looked around at, you know, where other clubs were and what the populations of various cities were and who was successful and all that kind of fun stuff and thought, well, hang on a second, the DFW kind of metro area, Dallas-Fort Worth metro areas, about 7.6 million people. You know, it's not far off 8 million people the way that it's growing in, in the next couple of years. And so with such a large population and seeing the success of rugby and rugby teams and clubs and divisions in this market, it just sort of made a lot of sense to say, well, why don't we bring a second team into a different part of such a big um, geographic and populous metroplex that um, we could uh, you know, then play the dingoes and we can play you know, Austin and Houston and really sort of build out some of that Texas type of uh, Texas league. So um, that was kind of really the genesis of it, really thinking through how do we get more local footy uh, here in Texas and, and sort of grow just the brand of AFL and Aussie rules itself. Was there much pushback from the dingoes with you going out to try and start the North Texas Devils? Like the reasoning behind it is complete, makes complete sense. That many people in the area was, you know, was the dingoes more than happy for you to go where there's a little bit of pushback from the higher ups yeah, I think, look, I think there's always going to be a little hesitation with a new competitor coming into a market, um, you know, for, for a few different reasons. I mean, I think a lot of clubs talk about ability to recruit in a to get sponsors, ability to find ground, that a lot um, on the various USAFL podcasts. Um, with all that said, you know, we, we look at the six or seven examples of where clubs of, you know, cities have split into two clubs, um, you know, there's quite a few examples where that's happened. And in all those situations, both clubs have not just survived, but thrived. Um, growing, as I said, that footprint of Aussie rules, getting people to understand the game and get involved and things like that. I think it really actually helps both clubs being able to do that. Um, you know, instead of having to play metros as, as intra-club sort of games, we're able to play each other so you can play another side more frequently. And I think, you know, with the with the Devils, you know, we did agree to a number of things with the Dingoes about geographically where we'd be. So we have kind of a, a line of um, a line of demarcation as to where each of our, you know, let's call it territories would be. Um, and in a city as big as this, you know, we're, we're 30 miles, we're almost 50 k's away um, from where the, you know, the Dingoes are. So, I mean, there's a good amount of spread. And, uh, and so... I think there's still enough that for us, you know, we've had a lot of guys come forward and say, and girls come forward and say, 
we want to play for the Devils because we live, you know, 50, 60 miles or 50, 60 Ks away from where the Dingo's training. We're never going to get to training. Um, so it's really, again, just, you know, getting into another audience in another area. So um, I, I guess that's it. You know, as I said, a, a little bit of hesitation from them, but hopefully, um, you know, in a few conversations we've had and we have a good rapport and a good communication, uh, open communication, then, you know, it's going to be benefit, beneficial for both clubs. And I'd love if we can welcome a third club in, in a few years' time. That'd be fantastic out in Fort Worth or something. I think the big thing for you as well is the fact that you were so heavily involved with the Dingoes for a year or so. So you're not just going to cut off, cut the head off the snake and go and start your own team and you know, let them die down ditches. You're going to go, okay, I want to start a new team. I'll work with you. Let's do it. Where other people might come in go, I'm starting my own team. Who's the, oh, Dallas Dingoes are, who cares about them? Let them worry about their own things. I think that definitely helps the Dingoes and yourself in starting that new team. <laughs> so why did you decide on the name The Devils? Personally, I, I love it. I reckon it works well. Uh, thanks, mate. It's... um. It's actually funny. So um, when we were thinking about, you know, well, probably quite a while back, I actually reached, you know, noticed that there was a, I'm, I'm going roundabout here, but I noticed that there was a Tassie Devils club that had actually petitioned to get into the AFL. Um, so they formally submitted their petition, I think in 2019 to get into the AFL in 2025. And through that, they uh, last November, November 2019, they submitted a logo and got the colours approved and all that kind of stuff. So that's all trademarked down in Tasmania. So it was midway through last year, I actually reached out to them just saying, hey, you know, every club in the AFL is currently represented here in the US AFL. There's, you know, a couple of Eagles, there's a couple of Lions, Tigers, things like that. Um, but there's no Devils. And if the Devils make it into the AFL in 2025, like they're trying to do, um, the Tassie team, then, you know, we could be representing them and get ahead of the curve as far as all that goes. So I reached out to the CEO down there at the Tasmanian Devils, just found his name on a website, um, said, hey, we've we got some clubs over here. Would you ever be interested in having a Devils club in the US? And he sort of said, oh, you know, we'll see, we'll see. Um, at the time, there was no idea to start a new club. But when the decision came to start a new club, I reached back out to the same guy and said, hey, you know, how about it now? And, and he said, sure. So he gave us all of his branding guidelines and, and gave us permission to use the Tassie colours and the Tassie logo. That's, that's pretty awesome and, and some uh, good forethought by yourself there to get involved with a team that's trying to get started and just like, you know, the Giants sort of did with uh, supporting a lot of clubs all around the world. They've, you know, um, got the Giants name out there and, and spread wide and say, so, you know, you're already ahead of it. And, and um, in, you know, five, uh, four years' time when the Devils are running out for their first AFL match, there'll be guys going, oh, and, I know, yeah. I know, I'm a team in Dallas, uh, in Texas, that plays with those colours. So. Yeah, we're trying trying to get them a little US uh, US supporter base. That'd be good for them. Yeah, nice. So, um, with that, are you just going with their standard design? What the designs they've come up with for the jumpers, or have you put a little? Uh, no, we're we're mixing or... that up. Um, so we're we're keeping their logo, just a devil face, and we're keeping their colours. Um, we have had a really, this is a lot of fun, you know, recently the board uh, getting presented with all the color options or not the color options, the jumper options. Um, we actually only saw them earlier this week from the designer. So we're all debating pretty furiously. Like one guy likes one thing, someone else likes something else. So uh, we've just submitted votes uh, as a board on the jumpers this week. And uh, we should find out the results of those votes. You know, it's all secret ballots sort of stuff. So we'll find out the results of that. 
and see what our jumper is next week. So it's pretty exciting. I'll tell you what, Rifty, I know we've spoken about it off mic a few times about eventually at some point re just redesigning our jumper because we're about due for I can't wait for it. I can't wait for the secret ballots and you know the five or six coming in and the arguments across the uh the committee the committee um room. It's gonna be fantastic. But to be honest, it doesn't really matter who I'll argues. Rig it, we, I'll rig it in my favour. I was gonna say as long as you and me agree it's not a jumper, <laughs> doesn't matter what anyone else says. Yeah, yeah. Well, we've all got opinions and everyone's got, you know, really good ideas and, and likes different jumpers for different reasons. And, you know, I've got to make sure that we're on the calls that I shut up. Otherwise, I'll try and steer everyone my way as well. <laughs> it is. And it'd be good to, you know, be involved in starting this this club from the from the ground up. And, and you know, all those little things that most clubs, you know, never had a hand in getting involved in. You know, most people at clubs, uh, you know, they might get to change a color or they might get to, you know, place a logo somewhere else, but actually designing everything and having um, it all come together and having everyone involved would be great. And hopefully everyone ends up with a, a design they're all happy with in the end. Are you guys giving up on the Cobras? Is that what you're saying? No, 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 no. <laughs> we, we just haven't had to ha- had a chance to change our design yeah. yet. So. We haven't had the joy and the privilege yet. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. It's a it's a it's a fun process. It it it's um there's some moments that are a pain in the ass, but you know, otherwise it's all right. All right. So we just did some redesigns. I'm wearing the new polo right here. So we did we did do some new merchandise and we had enough trouble with that. And that's still using the same colours and the same <laughs> logo. We just changed, you know, added a little different design to it and people, oh I'm not gonna wear that rubbish. I'm not wearing that. The logo's too big or I don't want to see something that's got a full Cobra logo on it. Like, with the Cobras, Jesus Christ. <laughs> yeah, they, people, the thing is, it doesn't matter what you choose, someone's going to be fully against it. You go, no, nah, it was a bad decision. But as long as you're happy, mate, that's, you know, as long as the president and vice president are happy, that's all that matters. Yeah. All right, so you mentioned, you know, speak yeah you know, having votes on the jumpers and stuff so how many people have you got involved at the club now and, and you know how many guys have come down for a kick so far uh we had a couple of um i'll talk about players first we had a couple of um sort of just introductory social kicks late last year before you know shutting down for the winter and for the holidays um i think one of the sessions we, we had about 14 people come down which was pretty good just given it was you know not formal you know kicking or, or no formal recruitment um, I think we have a, a roster, like people who are interested, who want to come down of about 18, almost 20 people, a uh, mix of guys and girls, actually. So we've we got a bit of both. Um, so we're hoping, you know, now that we've got some formal recruitment strategies that are going to happen pretty soon, that we'll be able to build on those numbers pretty quick. Um, with respect to sort of the, the we're calling it the management team, if you will, um, there's uh, about seven of us so far. So we've got a pretty good team. Um, and these people are sort of mixed backgrounds uh, a lot of actually a couple of my clients and a couple of uh, old colleagues of mine and things like that so um you know a few few people that have got some experience in in the business side of things and running the club in that way and uh you know a couple of americans an uh, english guy and so on so we've got a pretty good spread it's it's good to hear that you've got a good you know good bunch of people running the club we should have brought this up after the uh chat about the jumper but you guys have also just launched a nice little online shop and have got plenty of uh variety options for people to get how much fun was that to get that up on online and start you know <laughs> flogging merchandise if you will 
Yeah, it's uh, we, we've had a few sales come through, um, and, and I, I've got to give a shout out to that store. It's at squadlocker.com. Um, yeah, we were doing a what a lot of clubs do, where you look for merchandise and trying to work out what would we get, what would we want, and how many do we need to order, and how many of each size would you order, and that kind of fun stuff. Um, Squad Locker is a website that you can actually pick whatever products you want, and they're all branded products. So you'll see on there, there's Under Armour and Adidas and Nike and whatever else. Um, pick the colors of those products and then they have their own design team um, that take your logo and then fit it to those clothes. So there's no minimum order quantities and you can pick, you know, from literally hundreds and hundreds of products. We just picked half a dozen or so to go up on that site for now. Um, so that was a lot of fun, you know, just working out what do we want and, and things like that. We, we are going to have a second, you know, we call it the temporary store because we're going to have a second store that is more the formal store coming up because um, what the items on that store don't have at the moment is our sponsor logos on there. So, you know, we've made commitments to our sponsors to put their logos on. So this was really just something to tide us over for the meantime until uh, all of our official club merch with the sponsors and things is all produced. And then we'll probably use um, squad locker for things that, you know, we wouldn't otherwise get produced. Like there's, uh, you know, scarves and things like that on there and then use the other store, uh, which will all run both of them through our website. Uh, and use that other store with the actual official club merch as well. Um, but obviously both are official, but, you know, the club polos, training tops, and, and a couple other items will, uh, will be coming out soon, separately. Yeah, I think it was yeah yesterday, the day before, I seen the uh, comment you made on one of the posts about Squad Locker and what they do, and I was, you know, we went through it. The company, we've got a three-year agreement with SCD. One of the main reasons we went through them is for that no limit. You know, you need one of something, you can order the one, where most places you want, you know, 10 to 15, and it becomes a bit of a nightmare. So to have a company, it's literally got a branded apparel, go here, we'll put your logo on it. That's that's a genius uh, marketing yeah. idea, I think. No, it's, it's, I think it's really good. And I think what it does do is it raises the cost a little bit compared to, you know, getting stuff bulk. So we acknowledge that. Um, they do give the option as well to add on a, a small percentage markup for the club. So it's also a fundraising tool. And so uh, with Squad Locker, you know, for every sale, uh, we'll, we'll get a few bucks out of every sale. So um, I think we've only had, you know, 300 bucks worth of things that are sold through at the moment. So probably, you know, 25, 30 bucks we've had the club. It's not not big dollars, but um, every little helps. And as people start to buy it all up, then hopefully that, that number will build as well and, and help us out. It just looks uh, looks professional too. You start training, you know, running around training track with Nike logos next to your club logo, and people start going, "What the hell is this club's already sponsored by Nike? What's going on here?" <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's we we tried to keep it to just one one brand on there, but you know, I think Under Armour had a couple of decent items, and then Nike had a couple of decent items, and Adidas had a pretty cool hood. I think it's Adidas hoodie we've got, so. Um, I think if they were the main, you know, sports brand sponsoring us, they'd probably be pretty shitty because they're running around with all the different competitors as well. Uh, you just, you just trolling them all out, mate. You got that many uh, companies after you to sponsor you. You got to make sure which one's the right fit for you. <laughs> exactly. Um, speaking of sponsorship, you guys have actually done pretty well at securing quite a few sponsors early days. Um, how hard has that been? And you know, who are some of the sponsors that have jumped on board? Yeah, it's, um, I mean, securing sponsors for any club is never really a, an easy process. So we've been really, really fortunate, um, you know, with some enthusiasm from some local businesses and other groups that have come on board. So at the moment, there's uh, five official signed sponsors that have signed, you know, agreements with the club. Um, 
And so just to give them a quick plug, you know, we've got a, an Aussie cafe that's located up in the Northern DFW area, uh, not far from where we're training, really great people. Uh, we've got Aussie Sports USA who actually supplies kit all across the US. They're doing some uh, sponsorship work for us and, and some work for us on our, our website and graphic design and things like that. Um, and then we have uh, Kick and Dynamics, who's a mate of mine, uh, who's doing actually coaching support um, and helping us in the background. And he's a, a mate that I played with in Sydney. Um, and then we have a couple others, Guru Contracting, who's actually one of our players, uh, contracting company, uh, and Supreme Lending, who is also a, another guy who's been affiliated with Dallas Football uh, for quite a while, and, and his lending company got involved. So finding all of them, you know, they're all football connections is, is the point, is it wasn't really non-football companies that have got on board um, but we are about to announce uh, hopefully on the 16th of June is the plan another partnership agreement with a few local businesses so um, I don't want to give too much away at the moment but it's all going to tie into uh, some of our training and some of our pre-season and we've got um, four or five local businesses jumping on board uh, which is pretty cool as well um, for, for some really different kind of uh, agreements. Now, now Rifty will agree with me on this one uh, how annoying is it when you've You've almost got like a sponsorship signed up, secured, ready to go, but you can't announce it just yet. When we got our physio and we had it sort of locked in <laughs> and we couldn't announce about two, three weeks, we were going through the final details. And it was like, a, we just we want to tell people what we've done, but you just can't just in case it all breaks down. But um, it's fantastic to hear that you guys have got, you know, sponsors jumping on board and everything like that. So you guys, I reckon, I'm going out of limb. I reckon you guys, I've seen you guys pop up on Facebook maybe July, August, maybe around that time was when you guys jumped on, started to push uh, the new club on social media. Uh, and, yeah, and- it was actually wasn't until, uh, I think, October, November. Oh, shit. And, uh, it was only a couple months ago, yeah. We, yeah. We've had a pretty pretty big social media presence. but Yeah, and you've, you've gone quick. So on the 16th of December, so not even a month ago, you guys were officially uh, incorporated with the USAFL. So you're now an official USAFL team um, joining the Birmingham Bushrangers who joined uh, mm-hmm. not long before you. Um, what was the process with the USAFL to try and get the team started? You know, were they, you know, did you have much help from them? What was the process with them? You know, I, I would assume they'd be pretty welcoming another team, but um, yeah, was everything fine or was it a bit of a, you know, because I've obviously said before, you got the Dallas Dingoes in the area, were they a bit, you know, cautious having two teams in the one city? Yeah, I, I think that, um, the USAFL has sort of started to come to a little bit of a realization that, you know, we're trying to grow the league. We're trying to grow the game in the market, you know, across the U S when I say in the market. And so there's been several clubs that have splintered into uh, all cities that have ended up with two or more clubs. And I think the league is starting to realize directionally that's where they want to go is to have these multiple uh, clubs in one city and, and really start to formulate some more regional leagues or, or something like that. I'm speaking on their behalves and, and sort of putting words in their mouth, but you know, it's kind of directionally what I've heard they wanted to do. Um, so when we first sort of announced that we wanted to formally start a second club and be part of the league, um, there's obviously, you know, I mentioned before, having competitors and having other things come in, there's always a little bit of trepidation, but we got on the phone and, and you know, we, we really spoke to them. They were really communicative and, and wanted to have a conversation with us about um, how we could make it work, how we could make it work for our club, how we could make it work for Dallas. And uh, we did set down some some sort of rules and guidelines about, as I said, you know, geographically where we're going to be and, um, you know, things like not trying to poach each other's players when players are limited in markets and things like that. So, you know, both clubs agreed to, to a lot of those kind of rules. Um, 
you know, and, and the USAFL otherwise had, had been a pretty smooth sailing process. So uh, got us through and signed us up and um, made the announcement. So yeah, we're, we're pretty happy part of it. And as I said before, I'm hopeful that there's going to be another couple of clubs in the market in the next, you know, several years. Yeah, well, one thing we've learned through this podcast, there've been a few clubs around the world that have, <clears throat> um, I think the Copenhagen Giants were the first one we heard of where there was one team and then there was that many numbers. They split off into two teams and then both them teams become the most successful clubs in the country because, you know, all of a sudden you've got the team that split off, so you get another team, but they're still, you know, mates, but they want to be better than the other team. So they're going to, you know, I think they were saying they used to catch the bus up to games together, mm-hmm. all that type of stuff, yet they were two completely different teams. And as I said, you know, that, <clears throat> you got a big market in Texas, in the Dallas area. You might as well capitalise on it and get as many teams as you can. And the fact that now... Well, you guys have four Texas teams. It makes for a, you know, they have a yeah. Texas Cup they have or something like that. You yeah, guys there's, have a, there's a Texas Cup each year that involves the Texas sides and, and Oklahoma as well. Um, yeah. And so now it's going to be a five five team cup as opposed to a three team cup um, or four team cup. So yeah, I think it's becomes more as a set of a, a kind of regional or sub regional type of league. And it means that you'll be able to play a game. You actually might get a couple of games break instead of play one, rest one, play one, rest one. You might be able to give your body a little bit extra rest in between games, even though that could yeah, exactly. uh, probably be worse for you. Exactly, exactly. And I think there's probably a few other clubs that are big enough to potentially split if they wanted to. Um, but, I mean, it, it's it's interesting. We talked about grounds before. I mean, it's, it's also then a challenge. Like, if I think about a, a place like New York that's a huge club, they have massive numbers, um, but New York, such you know, being a big built-up city, there's no grounds to set two clubs at. So I have no idea what their plans are. I'll speak for them, but um, you know, they, they've got some volume in terms of how many people are coming down. It's just they wouldn't be able to split because there's nowhere to put them. So they sort of stay as one. But there might be other areas where you know those clubs could get big enough that they end up splitting into two or three uh, in the future. But um, you know, I, I think it'll work here, and I think we could be a good test case. Yeah, absolutely. Um. Uh, with the in our conversation with you when you're back at Dallas, um, you mentioned that the North Texas have got a fairly big com- cricket community, so they've got a lot of cricket fields up in the north of uh, north of Dallas. Have you guys sort of tapped in to try and get some of their grounds for trainings and games, or like where are you guys training and playing, or hoping to train and play at the moment? Yeah, we uh, we went. Uh, there's there's quite a lot of cricket grounds. Um, what a lot of the parks and rec will do with the cricket grounds is they lay concrete pitches in the middle just because it's easier to maintain and i'll lay that top of that with astroturf so some of the cricket grounds are not kind of ideal uh for footy um so i actually went and inspected a lot of the grounds and and sort of ruled out a whole bunch of them for that reason um the other sort of challenge is that cricket is obviously a summer sport and aussie rules is played over here in summer so there was a bit of conflict with schedules to be able to do that um, so what we found is we do have a ground. It's located in the Plano part of Texas, and um, it's a, a new one. It's actually being renovated pretty soon. So we jumped on board there. Um, it's a huge open space. It has baseball diamonds, has a few different uh, football fields and soccer fields. And so the particular space that we have is a soccer field that um, has boundary, you know, 30 meters on either side of that soccer field. So we can actually fit a full-size footy field in that space. There's no grandstand or no lights or anything like that. Um, so it's still pretty rudimentary, but it just means we don't have to be on a soccer field. We can actually start training and playing on something that's going to be full size, which is is pretty cool. Um, if we get big enough as well, you know, it's obviously additional charge from local council, but they'll paint lines for us. So we can actually use that 
uh, each week and I'll possibly paint boundary line around the soccer field. So it's going to be interesting to play on a footy field with a soccer field marked out in the middle. Um, but that's that's what we're looking to do for the moment. Just some temporary or you know portable posts that we'll stick in and out as we go. Yeah, we we'll, um, we spoke to a couple of clubs that have had uh, grounds marked out for them, and um, let's say that they didn't quite get the dimensions right. <laughs> there's, there's so, if you have any trouble, we'll get onto our line guy, and uh, we'll get him to send over the dimensions for you, so you can, they can get it right for you. Thanks, mate. <laughs> there's been a few clubs that we've spoken to, and we've. Now, we've jumped on the Google Maps and as they've told where they're trying brought up and they've actually got the map view of the ground that you can see they've actually got the line. The, and some of them have just been uh, atrocious <laughs> to the point where <laughs> it's like the one wing is just straight up and then the pockets are really deep or yeah, there's been some odd, odd well, looking grounds we've seen. If you, if you want to do a Google view, the ground rat's called Old, Old Shepherd Place Park in uh, Plano, Texas. So it's a, a pretty big open space. Um, and as I said, there's a couple of baseball diamonds there and uh, they're actually going to be renovating. I think it's three baseball diamonds. They're going to be renovating and removing one of those. So um, there actually is going to be a, a, a real proper size uh, AFL field, which is, you know, pretty different. So was it Old Shepherd? Old, Old Shepherd Place Park. Get it up. So next door high school, Shepton High School. Yep, yep. Huffman Elementary School. Texas. So you just have to uh, start um, stalking out the high school, looking for all the. Can you the, please um, re Rifty, reword that, please, mate? Seriously, reword that. No, no, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you have to cut that out. But if you uh, if you guys look that, up, I don't know if you're going to cut this out or not. But if you if you look that up and you hit. Um, uh, satellite view, you'll actually see where the soccer fields are and uh, there's a space around the soccer field so we're going to be on one of those soccer fields but actually using all that open space behind the soccer field as well so we can get a full size footy field there Yeah, lovely. And then uh, if you get a bit warm afterwards, mate, just head across the field, the houses across the road, they've all got swimming pools so uh, <laughs> try and get one of them on your team uh, Mate, mo most houses in Texas have a swimming pool for the you know, yeah. 100 degree yeah. 40-degree summers over here. So, I've uh, just noticed that I'm like, oh, yeah. One house has a pool, and I'm like, oh, no, pretty much all these houses have pools. Yeah. <laughs> bit different yeah, to Google yeah. Maps well, Rifty. <laughs> that's, the, that's the benefit of uh, living in Texas. You'll get yourself a four-bedroom home with a pool for 450 grand in certain areas. So It's very open area, isn't it? It's, it's, it's actually a massive spot. Um yeah, as I said, a full ground is in there and uh, there's a trail you can run around and high school's there and all that cool stuff. So it's it's a it's a really good spot. So if they're, they're full-size soccer pitches and full-size NFL yeah. gridiron pitch, that's a massive area. Yeah, it's huge. Yeah, I think it's... I uh, can't remember how many acres it is, but it's several acres, like eight or nine or something, eight, 10 acres. I lost it. I zoomed out too far. Now I've lost it. I've just got myself now looking at what businesses are in the area. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, we, we've, we've, uh, we've done a lot of that. We, we sort of, we started where that old Shepherd thing in terms of sponsors, we started where the ground is um, and we just started sort of going out a mile out. What's all the businesses around that? Another mile out. What's all the businesses around that? I think the, the thing about 
being the North Texas Devils, one of the reasons why we chose the name the North Texas Devils as opposed to, you know, the Plano Devils or something like that was because we do want to attract and draw people from across North Texas. Um, and so some people from, you know, some of the rural towns like Greenville, which is narrow way and places like that. I know a couple of guys in Bowie, Texas, who may come out. Um, so really sort of not just, you know, honing in on one city. And so that actually means that our launch event that we've got coming up on March 6 is going to be an area called the Colony, Texas. Um, and then some of those additional sponsors that I said I can't mention just yet, they're going to be uh, one in Addison, Texas, one in Allen, Texas. So they're actually all spread across that market. We've got sponsors in Frisco, Texas. Um, so not just sort of, you know, we're just from this city or this suburb, but, you know, really sort of spread our wings a bit. And um that's helped us capture a lot of people and helped us capture a lot of those businesses. It's, it's a very smart move. We've had a few clubs. I think the Wandsworth Demons from uh, England and I think the South Southeast London Giants, same thing. They named them, you know, big areas to take in that whole catchment, not just the one one suburb or one town, if you will. So it's a very smart move on your behalf, yeah. that one. Uh, thanks, mate. We'll see if it pays off. <laughs> I'm just trying to find uh, the, where Dylan is. The right. Dylan Panthers, <laughs> <laughs> the fictional team of Friday Night Lights. But, uh, <laughs> um, all right. So, how how's it looking for you know games this year? Is there any chance of of playing some games against uh, the Dingoes or Houston and stuff this year or start um, of summer? I, I think start that yeah, I, I think that it's kind of mixed. Um, from a league perspective, I think the league's still planning for games to go ahead. Um, but every state in the US is sort of going through something different with COVID, um, not just the numbers of COVID, but the restrictions and how they're putting them in place. So there are some states um, like California and other places that are kind of shutting down any team sports like this and they're unable to train, unable to play. Um, one of the things is, you know, when we look at the DFW area, each of the, they call it counties, right, which is kind of like the suburbs, um, sort of um, local councils, each of those have different rules. And so I know in some counties, um, team sports are still restricted. In the particular county that our ground is in, that still allows team sports. Um, so it does allow training as a team, it allows games. Uh, it actually allows gatherings of people for up to 250 people. So, you know, not that we're getting big crowds through our games, but we could have a, a few people come down as a crowd or have you know, our launch event and things like that. Um, so long, long-winded way of saying that games are allowed uh, where we're playing. The big question would be, do other teams also want to play and what are their restrictions and have they had the chance to train and can they get there? Um, I think the most logical sense for us would be obviously some games against Dallas because they're you know, not too far away and uh, they can sort of get to our ground pretty easily. I, I don't know if Austin or Houston will be jumping on planes or, or driving up and things like that. But um, we got open communication with those clubs as well and, and hopefully... Hopefully something will be happening. Yeah, nice. And one of the things when you ask, you're starting this new club, and and you know it is getting close to considering playing games and things like that. Have you put any thought into a, a song for the team? You know, a little uh, country music song or something for the uh, <laughs> the, the Texas Devils to sing uh, after a win. It's uh, it's it's actually funny you say that. I'm just pulling up my Twitter so I can get the guy's name right. Um, We've got a, a pretty good Twitter, um, well, just social media presence in general. We've had a bit of help with with some of the strategy around that. And uh, we had a, a random guy reach out to us in Melbourne uh, or in Victoria 
guy called Matthew Geller. I'm going to give him a shout out. Um, he wrote to us saying, hey, I've got a band and you know, I'm interested in music. I'd like to write your team song. And uh, we said, sure, have a crack, mate. And, uh, you know, this guy's been fantastic. He's, he's written the lyrics for a song. He's pulled it all together. We made a couple of tweaks here and there. Um, and he's actually going to a recording studio with his band and recording the song at a studio in Melbourne, paying for it all and everything we, we've offered to, to help out. And he said, no, it's a gift to the club. So uh, we're expecting in a week or two to hear from um, some Victorian guy that we've never met before has written and recorded a team song for us. And as we've learnt, Rifty, when clubs come up with their own unique song, they're the fucking best. Yeah. <laughs> they are. We've talked to a few <laughs> clubs that have come up, you know, got their own songs. I think the Flying Squids, the Wisconsin Wombats, and they're all some of the best songs you hear, you've, you've ever heard. So I'm, yeah. I'm excited to hear it. Well, Matt, Matthew Geller, I'll give the guy a plug as well. It's M-A-T-T-H-E-W uh, underscore G-A-L-E-R on Twitter. Um, so he's out there willing to write songs for clubs. And uh, if anyone else needs a song, I'd, I'd say tweet him, hit him up. And I think he's done a phenomenal job with the lyrics of our song. But uh, I look forward to hearing it. It's one of, one of the things that we sort of got a real big kick out of is, like you said, hearing songs that clubs have come up with and, you know, in, in states where they're a bit more musically inclined and stuff that they've uh, put their own little spin on it and things like that. But to have a guy all the way in Victoria to just reach out and say he wants to do that for us is pretty awesome. And uh, mate, I'm sure uh, Ed Dog's already following him on Twitter so we can uh, check him out and have, mate, we might yeah. even get our, our song redone now. I think I'm get, sick of get singing it. I, I, I do enjoy our song. I think it just needs a bit more, uh, a bit more rhythm to it than how we sing it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah well, he's, he's been brilliant and I'd say that you know I, I want to go back to your question before real quick around sponsors and things and, and um, the league and everything else like I, I've got to say I've been overwhelmed um, with the support for a new club from people like Matthew um, from other club presidents in the USAFL have reached out offering um, you know, documentation, offering sort of guidance on how to start a club uh, in the US, starting your own, you know, um, non-profit business and all that kind of fun stuff. So, you know, it's been been really fantastic just the amount of people that have seen what we're doing and, and have come forward to say, hey, we want to help in some way, shape or form. So um, it's, it's yeah, as I said, pretty overwhelming just how interested and, and how generous people have been. So with that, we spoke to, uh, like, you know, Birmingham Bush Rangers, the Jacksonville Saints, very, very new clubs. Correct me if I'm wrong, but what one name that keeps coming up with new clubs, new clubs starting up is the, is Kras. You know, the, some would say the godfather yep. of the USAFL. Have you had much communication with Kras? Has he helped you much, or are you sort of not, not sort of in your area? No, no, Kras has been great, mate. Um, Kras and a few of the other guys associated with Kras. Um, you know, they've been around footy for a long, long time. And they're guys that I've learned are just incredibly passionate about the game. But they're also passionate about their communities, giving back to their communities and just, you know, growing what what is Aussie rules and growing this Aussie rules community. So when I first started, uh, you know, looking at the Devils, Kraz reached out, um, Darren Green reached out, you know, Sarah Rona reached out. There's a whole bunch of different people who reached out proactively saying, hey, you know, we... we love what you're doing. We want to grow the game. Uh, you probably heard about Kraz's 45,000 initiative that's going on. And that's really just an initiative. Um, I think the 5,000 is pretty arbitrary, but how do we grow AFL to 5,000 active players in the US? You know, it's a pretty good ambitious goal. 
And so Kraz has surrounded himself with a team of, of people within the USAFL league um, and some other folks as well. And, and they're doing, you know, youth programs and university programs and a whole bunch of things. And all of this on his own dime, all of this on his own back and all of this in his own time, um, just purely for the love of the game. So <clears throat> again, like he's been brilliant. Um, you know, he pulls people together and, and he really just is from, you know, just doing it for the, the growth, of, <clears throat> growth of the sport and uh and the love of it so yeah massive credit to kraz and, and everyone associated with that yeah it's um it's great to hear that it's getting a, a fair bit of support and hopefully you know hopefully that five thousand is not just an arbitrary number and it is something that that the usafl is able yeah. to achieve with uh you know not only players for the game but just participants and you know people all getting involved and uh, when you got yeah, seven million odd in in Dallas alone. I'm sure you can get bloody five thousand in the whole country to come get along and play this, this yeah. game. Because like we've learned, anyone that's come across it and you know seen it on the TV in the bloody early hours of the morning, they've uh, quickly become quite enthralled with it, and and uh, that you know quickly leads to being obsessed with the game. So um, just like us, yeah. Uh, so yeah, well, hopefully. I'll, uh... I was going to say, Rifty, I'll touch on, on what you said there as well, just in terms of people being watching it. I, I think 2020 and COVID was also a big no other sports playing. You know, everyone knows about Pat McAfee and other people got on board. So uh, the ESPN deal was struck. It's a multi-year deal. So AFL is going to be broadcast over here. Um, but I'm pretty sure you guys might have seen that there's an Amazon Prime series coming out called Make Their Mark, uh, following some players, coaches, and officials. Um, everyone in the US has Amazon Prime. Like, you know, nobody doesn't have it. So I think, you know, capitalizing on on sort of the AFL, ESPN, Amazon Prime, all this stuff going on at once. Um, when I've done some outreach to various sponsors and to different groups, I've actually put that in saying, this is this is some of the coverage that the Pro League's getting. And it brings people's attention straight away saying, well, we could be part of something pretty early and fresh. Um, and so that's why I think some of the, the sponsors we're going to have coming up, have really wanted to jump on board. So um, yeah, I think there's an opportunity now that, that, you know, not just the USAFL as a league, but clubs in the U S you know, should be able to capitalize on while this momentum's coming. Yeah. It's, uh, that's awesome. And it's, it's uh, the silver linings you've got to find with uh, this pandemic that's been going on and everything else that's been going on in the US. It's good to see that, um, yeah, some some sporting leagues and some uh, have been able to get a bit more foothold in the market over there and, and come up with creative ideas and stuff as well. And uh, especially when all the sport was shut down, it was it was good that Aussie Rules was getting uh, watched by many others that would never have really, you know. Would never have seen the game otherwise. So um, it is one of those yeah, yeah. good silver linings that in an, another unfortunate year that was 2020 and 2021 is not shaping up to be much better at the moment. But no. uh, hopefully you guys come through and you're able to get some footy going at some point this year. And uh, and I'll, I'll tell you what, I look forward to hearing about the first Dingoes uh, Devils clash. I reckon it'd be a good one. Um, but yeah, thanks again for joining us, mate. If you want to just shout out all your social media, because like you said, you are very active on it. So give those a shout out. We'll make sure we share them. 
Yeah, absolutely. We um, we tried to keep it simple. So Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, Instagram, uh, everything's just at ntxdevils.com, North Texas Devils. Um, and our website is uh, www.ntxdevils.com. So um, social media, ntxdevils, website, ntxdevils.com. Yeah, nice. Get on there and grab some merch when you can. And um, mate, thanks again for joining us. Um, hopefully next time we speak to you, we are talking about how well the Devils are going and, and playing games of footy. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Thanks, mate. I, I, hopefully we'll get to speak to you in person over here. We'll get you to a Cowboys game. <laughs> oh, I don't know if it's worth getting over there at the moment. But... <laughs> I'm, I'm not going to lie to you, Rifty. I'm amazed you haven't brought it up. Mate, when you when you finish the I season, I was waiting for it. Six and ten or whatever it was, so it's not worth bringing up. Yeah, well, the only thing that Dallas achieved this year was ruining my fantasy with Prescott. It's all they achieved this year, mate. <laughs> and a three-peat in a Cobra Bowl, so. Uh, back off, back off. <laughs> See, the only time the Cowboys have been nah, good. Thanks is again, fellas. I appreciate it. Uh, thanks, mate. Take care. <laughs> no worries. Thanks, guys. Thanks for watching the Cobra Cast with the present VP. And if you need somebody to talk to, why not contact New Life Psychology in Berwick? They are now taking phone appointments. Or you could head to otlr.com.au for tips and info. And we are supporters of TAC's Towards Zero campaign. Head to towardszero.vic.gov.au for more info because zero is the only acceptable number.